0: All right, it is back we are back the late night happy hour is back brian kamenetsky, yes. andy kamenetsky and anytime we launch a show or get 50 episodes <laughs> deep into a show we bring on our friend ben lyons this is what we did the first time yes. at world shop and that's what we're doing now he is our we, we've talked about this before ben lyons
1: is our bill murray to our David Letterman, because for people who aren't aware, the old, old, original David Letterman show, his first guest was Bill Murray. I believe they shared an agent, Michael Ovitz, and they just really clicked. and then he kept bringing back Bill Murray for all these different occasions, and then when he moved to CBS, his first guest was Bill Murray, and Bill Murray tagged his set. So Bill, uh, Ben was our first guest on uh, 710, and then he was our first repeat guest, and then we've decided to bring him back. And if we weren't doing this virtually, we would let him tag our set. It, like Ben, the next time we can all be together, you can come over and, like spray paint
2: our houses. Uh, so to, like, uh, we'll jump on a
0: big, like do the big velcro suit thing. That would be cool. Do you yeah, have? A bring back,
2: suit? bring back some of my graffiti names from the mid '90s in New York City <laughs> that have been seen on the Upper West Side to this Okay, day. the statute uh, of limitations. Thanks for having me now. back on the new show,
1: guys. Uh, uh, of course, man. We wanted it to be you specifically. Now, the statute of limitations. For '90s graffiti is well past. Can you reveal some of your names?
2: Uh, at one point, I just wrote Benjamin, which was sort of silly because then I feel like I would be busted. <laughs> um, I wore. I wrote Khalif C A like California, but just stopped at the F. I wrote <laughs> Ganga G O N G A. I wrote Ganga for a long time. Did that mean something? No, it was Ganga for life. Didn't mean anything. Um, <laughs> What else? Oh, I wrote Sparks for at one point, and now look how life comes full circle, huh? Nice. This was pre. This was before the WNBA. I was I was writing Sparks all over L.A., uh, all over New York City. Yeah, graffiti, <laughs> graffiti and I didn't have a long love affair. It was about uh, six weeks of some paint markers from Michaels in a sketchbook and uh, a couple taxi cabs, and that was about it.
0: I. Uh, I, I am impressed like so was this like your big rebellious stage like, you know, you acting out against, you know, uh, an, an oppressive home life. Yeah. Going
2: to private school and summer camp and having any musical lesson I wanted was just not something <laughs> I was down with. Um, <laughs> that's how uh, you fought back against the system. No, I mean new york in the 90s was very different even for a a child of privilege despite um you know having means as a child you're still out in the city and living your life and you're encountering all different types of cultures and and things happening so 10 years after the 80s which if you think of graffiti in new york in the 80s i mean entire subway cars and the whole thing uh so i think every kid who grew up in that environment had a fascination with it at some point um, I have friends to this day who are like around our age who have very successful jobs in finance and like go off on the weekends at night at four in the morning with like ski masks and do the whole thing. <laughs> so, really? I, yeah. Yeah. Still go out and tag stuff. Yeah. I have a few Why? friends who are like Why? still into yeah. that life because there's like a deep, emotional connection to it for some people once they get past this sort of juvenile rebellion, I suppose.
0: When but did you quit? Like what major, was like there an six incident? Six hours that after it? I
2: started, I don't know. After <laughs> I like wasn't good at it. Like I, I was, yeah, I just, I got into sports and other things. Like I wasn't about to break the law for fun, so.
1: That is a really bad way to lose
2: a really good job in finance or whatever, (laughs) getting caught tagging, because you you will lose your job. Did you see that piece I did up in the Bronx, though, across the (laughs) uh, West Side Highway? It's amazing. I mean, like, unless you're, I don't know, Keith Herring
1: or, you know, what's his name, the guy guy now, Banksy? Banksy, Like, unless you're Banksy or Keith Herring, like, you really ought not to be doing this past a certain age, particularly if you have a livelihood to protect.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like it's like my it's like the the Coke window story I always tell. Like you reach a certain point in your life where if you haven't done Coke, you missed your window. And that that's me. Um all right. So let's let's do a little NBA here. We got a lot to talk about. We got NBA stuff, we got Hollywood stuff. Ben's in a book club. We're gonna break that down. He went from ta- look at this, look at this story of a youth that was you know, on on his way to just Horrible thing. There was was a fork in the road for Ben. (laughs) And you went book club. And I think that's great. So we're going to get into what Ben is reading later. That's that people are going to stick around for that, I'm sure. Um, Let's talk about tonight's game. Lakers win 112 to 102. All right. Um, You know, the defense was incredible in the fourth quarter. And like the third, you know, the the Rockets scored 38 points in the second half. uh, Let's talk about LeBron because that's what this game was about. The dude became. Passing Derek Fisher. It's always nice when fish ends up in the news. But passing Derek Fisher is the all-time playoff wins leader. Like this is one of those things where I I really wish the games were in LA and stuff because I would what he's doing right now. I want to see that live. I don't want to see it on TV. I want to be in the building when this stuff happens because he was unbelievable tonight. So
2: funny. I watched the game over um, my buddy, Michael Kassar, who you know, the power forward on my high school basketball team, co-owner of Wexler's Deli. Then we don't
1: need to explain that.
2: <laughs> and <laughs> giving, <laughs> giving some context. Everybody knows. For the but Wexler's Deli. You know Wexler's Deli. Now. Yeah. Like, and Michael Michael was saying, yo, it's crazy. These Laker fans out here like, do they even know LeBron's playing on their team? Like the whole city would be on fire if you had the best player on the planet and it's a combination of – Laker fans always having the best player on the planet. L.A. being a city littered with sports stars now. And this unusual time that we're in, Brian, that you mentioned. So it's this weird feeling around the city or around town where you're trying to connect with people. But, like, they got LeBron James in year 17 putting up that 29 points in the first half. His second highest playoff scoring half in his career. Like, this is mental, what we're watching, and I I, I agree with you. It, it does feel odd to see it from afar. You want to be in the in the culture and in the city and in the building.
1: Well, I mean, I think what really sucks about it, too, beyond just all of us not having the ability to be in the building, all, all three of us would be there if this was typical, you know, this is a typical playoff series uh, pre-pandemic, is LeBron actually – Began ingratiating himself to the fan base this year in a way that wasn't there last year. There was a real disconnect that was just palpable. But then once the Lakers got Anthony Davis, you know, which was in no small part to help bring that investment from LeBron and the way that he played this year and led this year, and then the way he's really took it upon himself to you know, take the responsibility, you know, post Kobe's death. And, you know, really recognizing what it means, this playoff run in that context, to not have the fans there and and really that connection with the city now really does suck. It's like an extra level of why this all just sucks. From a sports perspective.
2: And I feel like some of that Andy isn't even so much of LeBron's doing it seems to be the general feeling and consensus from the fan base out here whether it is the addition of Anthony Davis or the passing of Kobe or a new conversation around social justice whatever it may be yeah. it's no longer defacing murals and saying if he wins one here it's not going to count and all this nonsense like there definitely is a connection to community whether it's through, again, those things we mentioned or his kids being a part of a school here and having a social life here and being a part of the city or even the way LeBron pre-pandemic, like you wanted to find LeBron, go to the Brentwood Country Mart or go over to Rise Nation on La Cienega on Tuesday mornings. Like the dude was out there. It wasn't He wasn't in his bubble or in his... Newport Beach Beach mansion, you know, he was out there in at the premieres in the uh, restaurants, you know, out out and about. So yeah, it it is another reminder of how we are living in an alternative universe and how this is the new reality in so many ways. And um, you know, not even to that point of the three of us would be in the building, uh, hopefully for a a big playoff game. But like, you'd be at a your favorite bar restaurant and bringing money to that you know establishment but like energy and a vibe there i remember i remember one year in 2010 when they beat the celtics in seven in like game i think i watched game three or four at goal on third and DiCaprio was on a table screaming with john sears they were like homies from way back in the day for all you nine hundred two and O fans out there, you know this is a big deal to see Leo hanging out with the leader of the Keg House. Yes, and like, you could get that vibe in so, that major bar. Eventually, ex leader of
1: the Keg yeah, House yeah. pulled one too many yeah, stunts, alienated too many yeah. people. Did he have too many black
0: ping pong balls? In there? Like, can oh, we gosh. talk? <laughs> can we talk about this? Like, I, I, I like. There are not a lot of things. That, you know, all of us have, you know, we've been around We're the jaded, you know, uh, you know, sports guys who've seen a lot of things. We've been lucky enough to be in the building for, you know, all of this stuff that's happened and blah, 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 blah. But like this, like th- this got me off of my couch. And like I was the guy who started filming clips on his phone from the television. Like I, I became that guy like this. What the yeah. hell was that? Well, like, he watch, it in slow, watch it in slow motion. Watch it in slow motion. And This is turning defense wow. into offense. Great block there. And another one by LeBron. I mean, good God. Yeah, Forget it's that like, he's 35 or whatever. That was insane. Like that play where Harden split. The words that were coming out of my mouth right before that was, well, that's a shitty double. They just split that really easy. <laughs> Like, that was really, yeah, really really. He, really he so just, like, plays blah.
2: So many plays, whether it's a dramatic block like that or even just a tip or a switch or a, just his presence is remarkable. And I don't know. There's part of me that thinks he's such a psychopathic competitor that he saw Kawhi block somebody with his pinky last night and was like, <laughs> okay, I can do better than that. That
1: was nuts. <laughs> that, I mean – we, we've over the years made so many jokes about, you know, Kawhi Leonard and the claw and those hands and like, you know, they're they're even bigger and more strong than Boban or whatever. But like
2: that was a finger block, <laughs> a finger block against a dunk. And then LeBron went up for like a like a volleyball spike. That was something you see in Manhattan Beach. OK, I question.
0: Here's my question. I mean, obviously, you know, Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, you know. Is LeBron James, of anybody you can remember, the best and coolest non-center shot blocker of all time?
2: Tayshaun Prince may be up there as well with the chase maybe. down block. Dwayne, yeah. yeah. Dwayne Wade was Dwayne Wade was really solid as well. Um, but LeBron, I mean, think about this, guys. Michael said this to me during the game as well. He said probably in two years when LeBron's 37, maybe even three years when he's 38, he'll probably be physically what Magic Johnson was at his peak physically. Wow. That's a really really interesting Yeah, Like at 38 in year 20, he will be as strong, fast, capable, quick as Magic was at his prime.
1: Yeah, because Magic was never an above-the-rim guy. Like, you know, he obviously was an amazing athlete, but he wasn't a LeBron type of athleticism. That's a really interesting way of thinking the same
2: way. What if he near 20? He's Magic Johnson. I know. That's crazy. I mean, it, the,
1: seeing some of the things that LeBron did in this game, also, too, to really early on when the Laker when the Lakers defense wasn't kicking in the way it did in the second half, so much of that ability to keep the thing from getting away from him was just LeBron saying, I'm not letting uh-uh. it. Like this, this he was Gandalf, not,
0: yeah. yeah like, <laughs> you shall not pass. But it's just like <laughs> this game is
1: not getting away from us. We will figure this out in halftime. What we need to do,
0: but until then, if it requires me doing it by myself, I'll do it by myself. And, and, and what's what's you know, because Ben, we talk about this. It, like you know, I'm sure you remember a time when somebody would elevate in the playoffs for the Knicks or whoever it might be. I mean, I you know, Wes, you know, I, I'm not sure who you how far you have to go back. Um, yeah. yeah. far. I mean, you you far. Got a, you got a nice, like, unexpected eight and six from John Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> so, but like, you know, you you run into this, like, this is not the first time in the playoffs where that moment you've been talking about has happened. You go back to game two against Portland. Like, the, the Lakers eventually win that game and it was because LeBron basically willed them through the first half of that until AD got going. And like, we, ne- we didn't get to see it last year because playoff LeBron didn't actually make the playoffs. And then, you know, they lose game one. They were crap in the bubble for a while. And all this, you're like, hey, is it going to show? Oh, 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 okay. That's what it is.
2: Yeah. Like, it's really, it's really crazy. And it's cool to see, to take a moment in our life of tweeting and timelines and ranking and legacies and all this stuff just to do what exactly what you're doing, Brian, and to say, I got out of my chair tonight and I recorded this because this was special and amazing. And it's a second round game two or whatever, but I, this is no joke. We're watching right. our, our, you know, our, our hero in the prime of his career. And and, and then on top of it. He's 35, gonna, Ben. You just you just gonna,
0: used the prime of his career. He's 30 freaking right. five and years I'm old. And I'm also
2: going to go off the court and go be a leader in the national conversation around social justice as well. It's not like I'm going back to my. Hotel room and just icing my knees and FaceTime. Well, actually, way. we
0: learned after the game what he's not going back to his room and doing with his wife um, because he said, You know, my wife does not like my post game routine. She's not having any fun around here because uh, he, he takes care of his body. And I don't think that's what he meant. <laughs> you know, I do
2: worry about Savannah too because I know she's got the juice <laughs> bar down in
0: South Beach. She's and, bored. Uh,
2: yeah, I don't know what kind, of, what kind of juices they're working with in the bubble. It seems like they figured out some kind of, you know, the food and, and whatnot. It's not as much of a thing as it was at the onset. But can she get, like, a guava kiwi mango? I, I don't know. I'll tell you what you can't get, according to Frank Vogel, is pizza.
1: Pizza's really hard to get in the bubble, apparently. Like, Vogel last week said that, you know, they had that long stretch between uh, games when they closed out Portland and when this series began. So, you know, they had some rare days off that you typically don't get in the bubble. And Vogel said it was the I think it was last Sunday, they had a pizza party. And he in particular was really excited because Vogel apparently loves pizza and said that he hasn't been able to get much in the bubble. And then Tanya Ganguly, who covers the Lakers for the LA Times and is in the bubble, she confirmed that pizza is hard to come by. Down in Orlando in that well, setting, I don't I, I know what that it
2: is. I get that. I totally get that. First of all, Vogel's great name for a neighborhood pizza place in Manhattan Beach. <laughs> yes. that out there. Play his also, cards right, he
1: could, he could get some investors.
2: Um, uh, I did a show. Uh, My family's got guts. The short-lived reboot of the Nickelodeon TV show Guts. Uh, mm. We included families in our edition, and I was in Orlando for five weeks in August. So I was. I've done this bubble thing, Turkey Lake Road. And I will agree. It's not. It's not a
0: pizza town. I think if I had and, to rank, and, 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 uh, Disney American does a lot City. of things. Yeah, Disney does a lot of things really well. And I, you know, everybody knows where Andy and I came from and where we used to be. I hold no uh, ill will towards Disney. They do fantastic. P- the one thing that they don't do well at Disney World, Disneyland, is pizza. It's pizza, no. you consume and it to make it
2: look like Mickey, like it doesn't matter. It's a terrible <laughs> pizza, I, I wouldn't is probably the ninth thing I'd have at Disney World and probably the 100th thing I'd have in Orlando. So I understand
0: Vogel's frustration. Can we all agree, too, that <laughs> – This Andy, what I
2: wanted to talk about on your show.
0: Would you Would you agree, Andy, that Frank Vogel's favorite thing about pizza parties, though, is probably the little animatronics that you get, like the, the – The Chuck the, e. Cheese. The Chuck E. Cheese style – I know because I feel like he's the kind of guy who would enjoy that. Well, we talked about this before, Brian. Like when when Frank Vogel
1: talks about having a pizza party, that strikes me as a wild party for Frank Vogel. Like Frank Vogel, a pizza party is as wild as his bachelor party was. Like he just he said his favorite pizza is just cheese and pepperoni, which feels very on brand for Frank Vogel. He just likes it right in the middle of the fairway. It's called the Mike Trudell.
2: It's what it's called. (laughs)
0: But it's, but it's, it's actually you don't, you don't the, don't. the only way to make a, a pepperoni pizza sound more like milk toast is to actually call it cheese and pepperoni, which he did. There's <laughs> like, like, a word for a pepperoni uh, for a cheese I and feel pepperoni. Google like is the guy who who is the one person
2: who's like they're eating the pizza and then that little table, that plastic table that holds the pizza together. He's like, does anybody want that? And you're like, <laughs> That's, you do. What are you going to do with that later? Don't worry about it. <laughs> I got my I got my reasons. Total wasted branding opportunity. Have you ever opened a pizza and seen one of the little plastic table holders that hold all the slices together with like a little logo on the top? Oh
0: yeah. No, actually, but have you ever seen the people who make little pieces of artwork out of it? Frank Vogel. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's doing this off day tomorrow. Um I we'll, we'll probably get back to LeBron before this is all over, but I I what the hell is going on with Rajon Rondo?
2: You know, I tweeted out the other night. I said they look like a second-round playoff team because Rondo's yeah, jack- A lot of people, people in our audience have noted that. Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I, they did at that time. With Rajon Rondo jacking corner threes and some Morris twins th- throwing up floaters, I'm like, I am, am I watching championship basketball? Like, I guess I am. But if he can do that, can he do it again tomorrow? You know what? Who cares if he can do it again next game? One game from that, he's he's
1: he's played a direct role in helping them win two games in this series. If that's all that happens, as long as he's not a net minus moving forward in this series, Rajon Rondo did his job. Because you're not—I mean, you should not be expecting Rondo to carry you through a series. I mean, at his peak, Rondo wasn't carrying teams through a series. That's never been who he was.
0: Brian, so, like, got you, a question you, for you. Do
2: you a Hall of Famer?
0: Well, my instinct said no. Um, I t- if the Lakers win a title this year and he plays like this the rest of the way, he's got a shot at it. Um, I, I, I always just go gut instinct, but while you guys talk about it, I said, no, um, certain guys are obvious. Like, you know, Dwight, people like that are, are really obvious. Let me look up some comps for him. Um, Kyle Lowry,
2: all-famer? Yeah, yeah, so I saw Chris Mannix was having a debate. Down I there. think
0: Kyle Lowry is. But I, I'm pretty
1: sure, I mean, beyond the fact that Lowry, I think, had a larger role on that Raptors team that won a title than uh, Rondo had on the Celtics one, Lowry's also had larger roles on his teams over the course of his career in general. I think I think has made more all-star teams than Rondo. He's
2: probably made four All Star teams, or maybe I, I think, maybe I think Lowry's
0: made like seven or eight.
2: Lowry made six. I was because I was looking okay. up, but it's you know I think Lowry is a step above Rondo. Rondo's, okay,
0: you guys, okay. I, I am on the. I'm currently on the page for um, Hall of Fame probability of basketball reference. Kyle Lowry, LeBron James, by the way, is at a sturdy 100. Um, percent Kyle Lowry. 85%. Uh, Kevin Love, 73%. What do you guys think Rondo's That's, percentage is?
1: I'm
2: going to say 60%. i am going to say 60.
1: 60.
2: in the 40s because he doesn't have the off-court, like the off-NBA accolades that go into the Basketball Hall of Fame. So Kevin Love's a Basketball Hall of Famer because of gold medals, because of maybe a
0: Final Four run at you and LA. Bad, bad LA. Bad Republic model, that should bad count bad Republic, for something.
2: Great mental health awareness. Uh, great dog Instagram account. <laughs> it's the modern NBA. Uh, great brand of content with
0: Muscle Milk. Let's put paddle this. Out <laughs> on a, I'm going to put this. I'm going to put this on a poll while while you guys are talking about it. The Muscle Milk vote is what. That's brand of content. Way. Look it up. Kevin Love paddleboarding in Park um, City.
2: I'm
1: going to guess Rondo is
2: at like 52. percent In the 40s.
0: Uh, uh, ben Lyons wins this round. He is at 40.68 percent.
2: So yeah, I don't know I, why we went down the Rondo Hall of Fame rabbit hole, but he put up a nice. It's an interesting
0: question.
1: Uh, he he feels like the Hall of Very Good to me. Like I just agree. the Hall of Really Really Good and there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with okay. Being
0: okay. the Okay, let me ask you this good. guys, is Draymond a Hall of Famer?
1: I feel like he I don't feel like he is and the re, the reason I don't is that I think Draymond is a great player, but he's also been in such a specific setup that I don't want to take anything away from who he is, but he's been more than alone for the ride. Like, that's not fair to Draymond, but I feel like it's been so specific to what he does well and can shy away from what he doesn't do well. Mm -hmm. It feels to
0: me like he's not. Who not Who has better odds, Ben? Who do you think? Draymond Green or Raja or Rondo to get in the Hall of Fame
2: right now? Draymond Green,
0: yeah. Yeah. Wrong, Rondo. Rondo. uh, Draymond's at thirty percent.
2: Well, also, I remember one time where I was casually uh, in the sort of bullpen area at Turner, where you know a lot of the different on-air talent are crossing paths in their various responsibilities, and they were having a debate of should Ben Wallace be in the Hall of Fame? And Kevin Garnett looked at me, which he very rarely did and was like okay,
0: ben i have to stop you for just a second andy has a terrible habit every time somebody on the chat leaves a comment uh, about how he looks like jason statham he stops whatever he's doing to put the comment on the screen which he has done now um andy's screen so, name yeah. of amara stan whoa <laughs> no, that's not, yeah I, that's
1: oh isn't burner.
0: that your burner account i think we all know Whoa! Who invited Jason Statham onto the show? Yeah, but let's 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 modify
2: it a little bit, Brian. With like, it's definitely like a transporter sequel or a crank sequel. <laughs> you, are You kidding me? Crank two? I'm all over high voltage. I'm all over it. <laughs> I interviewed Statham for
0: complaint. right. I, look, I, um, as somebody who did once you, did, did you interview it? for, Statham for Statham crank? crank?
2: Yeah, dude, yeah. At the uh, the SLS Hotel. Uh, oh, was nice. indoors. I, um, with the uh, What was I going to say is, oh yeah, so Kevin Garnett asked me, do you think Ben Wallace is a Hall of Famer? And I was like, I don't know. You got to give me like oh, yeah. 10 years. You got to give me a like a certain amount. And then he stood up and was like, 10 years give you, you didn't step on the court. You ain't gonna <laughs> give you. You didn't and I just took my bags and went and made my flight. But I, I think, um, and then he yelled at me about the taxes in Malibu, which was really, <laughs> You ever try to build a guest house and motherfuckers try and tax you? Um, (laughs) So Ben Wallace reminds me of Draymond Green in the sense of he had a good window of five years where he was the exact piece needed for a system to fully go. I I think,
1: but I mean, he's won multiple defensive player of the years. Like, you know, he led the league in rebounding several times. You know, I I, I think Ben Wallace is way better than Draymond Green.
0: 45% is his Hall of Fame odds, Ben Wallace. I think it should be high. I think Ben Wallace is a no-brainer. That's, that's Ben me. fan over here, Andy. Cameron. I am. I mean, re- flashbacks
1: to that you, later
2: series, huh?
1: Man, you could argue Ben Wallace was the most important or impactful defender of his era. He was the most unique. How about Draymond Green? Guard all five positions. Ben Wallace couldn't do that. Oh yes, he could. Yeah, How many yes, he could. What was he guarding in the mid two thousands? I, I don't. I mean, Draymond wasn't doing it. Regularly, that wasn't like his regular ben, assignment.
0: Ben, I once saw Ben Wallace throw on a pair of skates and lock up Stevie Eiserman. I mean, the guy could do anything defensively. I'm telling he you. Was, yeah, but that—I mean—that was post Red Army. You know,
2: weren't were <laughs> at the height of their powers.
0: By the way, I did put it up on the poll: Is Rajon Rado a Hall of Famer? And, and absolutely, the sign of the times. And yeah, because of not your everyone. audience, not yeah. everyone yeah. thinks yeah, sure. that, that Andy and I are just trolly you know, shit bags. I mean, basically. Welcome um, to my time. Nobody is taking the <laughs> question seriously. They're, they're all the comments are talking about, With is are you talking with or without a statue at Staples? All this stuff. No, I am literally, we're literally asking a real question here. Like, is he, but like, no, th- this is- Hey, a by, the way, I all, a by the time. way, I know we're in a bed. By the way,
2: Lisa Leslie statue at Staples? What are we doing, guys? What's happening? That should be there.
0: That, absolutely. What
2: are we doing, I would guys? take
0: down the De La Hoya one and put up a Lisa Leslie one. What's up? Lisa so, I mean, that, that, nothing
1: well, I was gonna say if nothing else, at least give Lisa Leslie the opportunity to purchase her statue, which is essentially how De La Hoya got it is. I mean <laughs> we're being honest. What if you
0: could do that? Like who would, who around would have a statue if you really could buy one like you could a star in the hall on the Walk of Fame? Like who would be the most random people that would have that would statue. have like their
2: own stuff. Um, I mean, there's this rapper named Juan G, W O N Space G, who you just see around Beverly Hills, but he never really puts out music and he's been like famous in Bentley's for <laughs> 15 years. I've just seen Juan G in Beverly Hills probably a hundred times. And look him up and and you'd be like, I don't understand. And he, I could see a Juan G statue, That's
0: uh, a good Suzanne Steve, uh, 253, Mason, 253. Out Steve Mason. That is a, a very good a yeah. uh, good option. Uh, I think he would probably oh, do that I know, if he I know
2: accidents for injury. <laughs> he would totally buy <laughs> himself. Oh, yes. yes, he would. Have you There's, been no accidents? Look at my statue. There is
1: <laughs> no question that he would do that. I'm putting out the uh Draymond versus Ben Wallace poll as well uh, at Cam Brothers. I I, I think, think it's it, been- nobody
0: nobody nobody is taking the, the the Rondo question seriously. We totally meant it in good faith, and nobody is taking it seriously. Okay, we brought this on ourselves. This is yeah. actually also
2: I think it's unfortunate that basketball has this thing where it's like the basketball Hall of Fame as opposed to the NBA Hall of Fame.
0: That's true. Um,
2: I mean, Hall of Fames are subjective, obviously, and and you know, some can argue foolish, but at the same time, uh, I think it's a great tool to educate young people on the history of the game. I think it's a great way to give people their flowers when they can smell them, all that stuff. Uh, And for the NBA to not have its own kind of way to honor people who have just impacted that league, I think is, is kind of unique and weird.
0: Because Rondo's Kentucky career wouldn't boost him that much, correct? No, he
2: doesn't have like Team USA moments or 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 college moments. Like a Ralph Sampson's in the Hall of Fame. Um, and it's because of his college career.
1: Yeah, I mean, I Rondo's had a really good career. He just he just like Brian said, sometimes it's just your gut reaction feels like the right one.
2: To yeah. to Rosen a Hall of Famer? Tomar DeRozan. No,
1: to I he don't the, think so. He,
0: LaMarcus Aldridge? LaMarcus Aldridge, 50%, 51% right now. I was going to say he feels like a coin
1: flip. You know, he, he feels close, but I could see the argument against him. Like, you know, he's, he's never been the focal point of teams that went particularly far, even though LaMarcus Aldridge was obviously a really good player. And sometimes this stuff is circumstantial. Like sometimes, you know, I mean, Chris Paul has not gone – Super far in the playoffs. Chris Paul is an obvious Hall of Famer, right? right? I mean, like there's there's no way around this.
0: So-
2: are there guys on that list, Brian, who are in single digits their chances?
0: Yes, Demar Derozan. <laughs> <For one. laughs> Funny you bring him up. Six point uh, seven five percent. Uh, How about Amari? What's uh, once a Nick, always a Nick,
2: standing tall and talented? Is he even not make the list there?
0: Take a guess. Take a guess at Amari's Hall uh, hall of Fame. 6%, although he
2: did come out and say if he does go into the Hall, he'd like to go in as a Nick.
0: I thought he was going to go as one of the the players on the Israeli team he (laughs) owns.
2: What do you got there for for standing tall and talented?
0: Andy, what do you think?
2: I'm going to guess that Amari
0: is 58%. 73. Currently above Damian Lillard. Multiple, multiple all star teams. He
1: was all NBA, I'm guessing. I'm going to
0: say on on his plaque, like wasted (laughs) Mellow's (laughs) prime.
2: Wow. Okay. While I remember,
1: uh, we had this question a bunch of times um, on Twitter. I'm not sure it's actually in the chat right now. So I apologize if I don't actually name the person who asked, but wanted us to ask you, Ben. If the Knicks don't retire, Uh, Mello's number? Or if they they, they don't end up doing that, could Mello end up the only Hall of Famer who doesn't have Retired number anywhere. I guess the inference being Denver wouldn't retire his. This is
2: this is how crazy sports is. So Carmelo Anthony, the most decorated male USA basketball player of all time, and the greatest one and done in the history of college basketball, one of the great scorers of all time, will not have his number retired. Yet Harold Baines has his number retired for the White Sox. All right. So
0: yes. Uh, That that is Carmelo Anthony will not have the strangest. That is the strangest direction to go with the I'm angry that Carmelo is not going to get his number retired anywhere. You're, you. you're pulling Harold Baines. In this because they, I think they retired Harold Baines's number while he was still
2: playing, which is ridiculous. Chicago um, loves Harold Baines. But it just <laughs> shows you... How localized the number retired thing is. So to try to take a shot at Carmelo, like, yeah, they're not going to retire him because his numbers were not. Re- or it's not on him. It's do just sort of the, the way it's we're Knicks- I hope the Knicks don't. No, I don't think. What do we? No, please no. No, like, I'm sorry. You win two playoff series in seven years. You don't get your number retired. Well, you know what's interesting though with Denver—he's you know, like, oh, my favorite nickel. Yeah, no, no, I know that. But like, what's interesting
1: with Denver though is, you know, it was so long ago that you forget those years. And he and he, you know, forced his way out of Denver in one of the most emphatic ways we've ever seen a player. But his time with Denver, and you know, they they got to the Western Conference Finals in two thousand nine. They eventually mm-hmm. lost to those Lakers. It, that's one of the furthest Denver's gone. Like they
2: the hadn't their- made the playoffs for eight years before Melo, and then they didn't make it for like yeah. another
0: seven. That's the question that Hosman Zero asked double zero. Why wouldn't Denver retire his jersey? It's not like Denver is just like dripping in guys, you know, over the course of their history that like it's like you have to retire. Like he's on the he's one of the five greatest nuggets of all time. I mean,
2: uh, let's see. I put Matumbo for emotional
0: reasons, obviously.
2: Uh, yeah yeah exactly right. uh, uh uh alex english uh yeah. fat, fat lever uh and maybe kiki vandaway but yeah no mellows right right up there i think to andy's point is because he
0: unceremoniously was like yeah i want to leave and made them, well, here, them right away. but the, here's here's the question though like the problem with the Knicks, that the problem the Knicks face is the Knicks kind of, a problem with the Knicks. I hate, you can't boil things with the Knicks down to the problem. <laughs> Although <laughs>
2: most first-time
0: voters in the NBA, guys. There you go. Um, <laughs> A problem with the Knicks is that they kind of want to treat it like the Lakers do. Like, the Lakers have a really high bar and a lot of dudes that you could retire that under, like a normal team would retire, like Harold Baines. Yeah. They would retire. And, you know, Michael Cooper and all this, but you can't, you can't do it unless you're in the hall of fame. The Knicks want that same kind of threshold except they don't win. And so they can't have anybody. They, they're going to go 40 years without retiring
2: a Jersey. A thousand percent. And and you're right. And it's like John Starks, for example, what he means to Knicks culture and fandom, any other franchise, probably getting his number retired. Yeah. Right. For the Knicks Charles Oakley before the whole thing with Dolan would have gotten his number retired anywhere else. They do carry themselves as if they're this Tiffany organization and, you know, they should really just put up Magic Lampi or, you know, Mike <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. If, if, now, here's, if anybody here's a anybody out there wants to look up great internet basketball content, look up the Landry and Andy show when Landry Fields and Andy Routens hosted a show <laughs> on MSG.
0: Andy, so, and so- I still, Andy and I still maintain and will maintain forever that uh, Landry Fields has the most versatile name that sports has ever seen. Uh, it could be like any
2: outfielder. It, it
1: could be a prep school. It can be the right side of the tracks. It can be the wrong side of the tracks. Right. <laughs> like, like dude,
0: dude, he grew up in Landry Fields and managed to make it out. It also works just as well as Dude, the guy grew up in Landry Fields. Okay, I mean, well, where did the John Wagner go to high school? Did he go to Landry? <laughs> I think he did. Oh, he, he could be a snooty prep school kid. He could be a exploitation hero. He could be a mall. Like, hey, where, where, where do you guys want to meet this at? Let's go down to Landry Fields, the food court. I feel like, um, I
2: feel like that. It'll come across your timeline like next week that will be like, Landry Fields just turned
0: 30. And you're going to be like, wait, really? <laughs> right, What? Landry Fields could be a food court. It could be a restaurant. I mean, right. it can be it's a law firm. Anything. I, was just, I was just in an accident. Oh, who's representing you? I got Landry Fields. Oh, you're a good <laughs> <choice>. <laughs> it's, it is the most versatile name in sports history. It can be That's literally really good, anything. Yeah. It's absolutely right in the track. back pocket. That's good. Yeah. There you okay. go. That's for you. That's for you for coming on our show so much. Whenever we have these special occasions. Happy also, uh, this is from tombstone uh, underscore doc,
1: Ryan Hollins versus Ben Lyons, who gets the ESPN broadcast statue. No offense to our guy, Ryan, we love him. He's our favorite madman. Ben wins this one,
2: and it's not even close. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. I appreciate that. You know, Ryan Hollins did, however, box me out in a Special Olympics unified game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was... I played in that game. That was that? Ron Artest played in machines in boots. <laughs> and boots. And,
2: while we played this game with Special Olympic athletes. And non-special Olympic athletes, and I was guarding I was, Ryan
0: Holland. Holland's running around like Stuart Scott in that <laughs> Sports it's, Center it's, commercial. what it's, it's, it's like
2: to get posted up by an NBA player. Like like everyone it cleared me
0: out. Yeah, uh, um, I, I, just, I forgot what we were. Oh, okay. So here's here's the next topic I wanted to get to, um, because this is this was the other thing that happened in the NBA today was that the uh my, the Miami Heat who uh employed Jimmy Butler who I com- I I owe Jimmy Butler like a thousand apologies cuz I totally I misunderstood Brian, everything I never
2: happened. doubt a man who takes the rear view windshield off his car because <laughs> he doesn't look back
0: <laughs> I just think you know there was a point in time when I was like you know what if you if everybody thinks you're a pain in the ass maybe you're just not you know you're not maybe you're not quite as good as you think you are maybe the problem gets to be you it turns out no the problem was the the bulls and the Timberwolves, and the Sixers, and you just put Jimmy Butler in the right spot, and he suddenly becomes right. not just awesome, he's the world's coolest basketball player. He's I'm the Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, Butler of Lattes. media, right?
2: Because I work for ESPN, it's their problem. I work at Turner, I work at the E-Channel, Extra, Nickelodeon, it's someone else's problem everywhere <laughs> I go, there you are, right? i the Jimmy Butler of media.
0: But it's, it, it's just like, I, I, I was wrong. I, I was I didn't understand. I didn't I, I sort of but I got it wrong and I am for that I apologize. He's the greatest bubble personality and he has an incredible mustache. And I mean I'm here for all of it. Uh but the, 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 the Jimmy Butler Miami he, he eliminated the uh Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, who does he play for? The Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks. And now this is two years in a row. Giannis has been bounced along with his team. And the speculation is, as Giannis can go into his Supermax summer, whether or not he signs it. Let's play the he doesn't game. So now you're into this whole like fire sale potential thing. Do you have to trade him? All this kind of stuff. The Paul George scenario, the Kawhi scenario, all of these things. Where does he go? Is he a future Laker, future Nick, future Toronto Raptor because he's an international guy? The assumption is Lakers-Knicks, everybody's going to talk about that, but where does he go?
2: Um, I see him going to a big market. I think it's not about the basketball. It's going to be a market thing, and I could see him even going down the road in Chicago. That, that team is dying for a superstar. His agent is based in Chicago. Uh, I think he would fit with a lot of their young pieces, and they have enough cap space and packages and picks to try to flip and maybe bring somebody to pair him with there. Um I think mobility is something that we're not talking about in this current NBA. We're so transfixed on the bubble, but it doesn't feel like there's a July 1st in two months, obviously, because it's not July 1st, but you know what I mean? The idea of, no,
0: and it's, but it, but it is oh, going to come up in like, what's the date? Six weeks. I, I don't I, know, but it's, it's like in, it's like November.
2: Yeah. It's going to come up quick and there's going to be all this stuff. So how does, how does what happened in the bubble impact what happens on the new July 1st? Um, I think Giannis moving will I don't think it's as as m- much of a possibility as everyone's making it to seem in the uh, in the media. It's he's the next one up after AD was last summer and since 2010 there's always going to be a guy who's the talked about free agent in in the NBA and it's his turn, but I could see him really staying in Milwaukee. Like well, for, he for he season. told a uh, Chris Haynes, uh, a piece
1: out of Yahoo that he is not going to be asking out at least this summer. You know, th- this summer is this is what it's interesting though. This summer is where he can sign that supermax and he could t- potentially decline that without asking out. So he could put out that strong statement now that he's not asking out without being held down or committing. You know what I mean? Like he so I'm he not
2: asking strong, out but I'm also not signing the right.
1: right. He, he can keep himself and by extension, the Bucks in limbo, because
2: he'll be fine. He'll be able to figure out a situation. There's a man who eight years ago was selling sunglasses on the steps of the Parthenon. It's incredible, his story and his life and his journey to Milwaukee. and to, We've never seen, I mean, not since Kobe, a guy really grow up like that in front of the whole sort of basketball universe. I, it just,
0: it's, he, and he's so different than... The other guys, because he's international, because he didn't grow up in the A, you know, he's just, all that stuff you're talking about, I think puts him in a different category of player. It's why somewhere like Toronto becomes a live uh, culture place, too, right? A market that's
2: either Miami, Toronto.
1: What's interesting is Miami had been a rumored spot for a while, but I think a lot of that had to do with, okay, they beat Miami then they lose to either Boston or Toronto in the conference finals, or they lose to the Lakers, the Clippers, or whoever in the right. finals. It always changes with that idea of, can you join the team that just beat you? And, you know, obviously Kevin Durant showed that you can, but also Kevin Durant, and this might be different for Giannis, showed it doesn't automatically make hey, it. well. How about
0: this? I'll do you a step better, Andy. Like, the the Heat, you know, they, they got the, the Raptors or the Celtics, and... Like, what's to say? Like, what prevents Miami from getting to the finals? I'm not saying they will. Celtics are really good. Yeah, Toronto gets still win the series. Miami, like, I think the biggest thing that had Miami as like the Giannis destination is, the, you know, that they that they would need that piece. Like, I don't think anybody thought out of Bio would be this good, this fast. You know, Duncan Robinson. Like, Miami's really, you know, you know, do you gut that team to go get Giannis? Can I mean, you, do keep, you have to? Can you I keep
2: Tyler and can you keep you know like none and all the youth pieces, Duncan and all that together and just roll?
1: I, I mean, it.
0: I'd have to look it up and somebody would have to explain
1: I, it. To I'm you. looking like, right now. I'm trying to see if I can get some info on it. I mean, but with
0: the Lakers, the thing about it is too, it's like you just like can LeBron and Giannis play on the same team? Like, and then yeah. AD like that's a weirdly exactly. constructed team. Yes. Oh is this is this what you guys kept me up
2: for late at night to talk about the <laughs> Lakers getting LeBron, Giannis, and AD?
0: Well, sales <laughs> pitch is LeBron's gonna be gone in a year. It'll be you know, we'll tell you, you know, we'll pass the torch, uh, Kobe style. We'll do like a, an actual torch passing, and you know, <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be a thing. But it doesn't make a lot of sense. That's true.
2: No, and what's interesting too, guys, and we sit here as as, as you know armchair uh, analysts uh, sitting on the sidelines, but to say to Giannis, okay, his physical athleticism is such a huge part of his game. Right. And when that slows down, when that changes, what's your next act? Michael Twenty-five, though. I know, but when you're that physically gifted and strong, okay, at some point you're going to have to change your game. LeBron's had machinations yep. of his game throughout his career. Giannis is still on the, like, 100 miles an hour go. He's expanded the three a little bit this year. was a big step. I think he never hit, like, five threes in a game before this year, and he did it 10 times or something crazy, right? So can he – I don't know. Is there a world where Giannis is, like – under the rim ever like are we ever going to Michael well, he's, Jordan? He's did like it?
0: fourteen feet tall. I, I he's I, no. I mean, eventually, but he's got a lot of way to go. I mean, and, and and the the skill set should improve a little bit. Like he's going to you know there'll be a little mid range game. The three point shot will get a little better and all that. I mean, it's going to get. He's not going to be the same guy in he's three years. Well, to
2: play. There, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I do want to see him ascend with that. I think the only way he continues to ascend is if he evolves his game somehow. Clearly, whatever this is.
0: Here's a good question from Tombstone Doc. Uh, The Lakers wave his brother as soon as Giannis resigns. How fast do you think which... which I always forget. Costas, How fast do you think Kostas Antetokounmpo is not a Laker once it's clear Giannis is not coming here?
2: It depends uh, what's going on with the global pandemic and the return of the big three. Uh, I see a possible spot on on the killer. If
1: Giannis committed committed to Chris Haynes, like I'm I'm signing the extension, everyone just needs to relax. Would the Lakers cut Costas now?
0: Like in the middle of the bubble? (laughs) Well, here's my yeah, here's my question. Remember like LeBron LeBron sent out the press release? Like, I'm you know, LeBron, I'm going to join the Lakers, and like that was it. And everybody saw it. And wait a minute. How many seconds after the Giannis press release? <laughs> if the answer is not the Lakers, is Costas a free agent? Is well, it? it, it, it what's the over under?
2: I'm giving AR, you 90. L yeah, wasn't able to bring Chris Smith with him to the Lakers, so this is no more brother plus ones. And if he's out of the picture, then Costas, I'm sorry, back to uh, back to Athens, I guess. I don't know, bro. Well, what's, the, what's I think the are about to sign Theonis for four years, fifty million. <laughs> because
1: you, cause you never be too, you can never uh, have too many cards up your sleeve. Okay, we I know we wanted to talk with you about Tenet and uh, the the release uh, made like 20ish million domestically. It's, it's up to about 150 million worldwide. Right. It also has a massive budget.
0: What did you think They of, actually crashed an airplane, a real airplane yes. into a real building.
1: Like Christopher, Christopher Nolan figured out that it was actually less expensive to crash a real plane than to do whatever digital effects and green screening to recreate, like to create, I guess, not even recreate, to create a plane crash.
2: Well, you guys are huge Nolan fans because you understand how what he's doing is really the height and the ultimate of what this is all about. When you're creating mass art, when you're creating... Uh, a vision for a world and a, and a and a story that is unfiltered by traditional studio politics, and you're able to have your vision replicated on the screen at that scale for the entire world to enjoy. That's that's a high level of of art and creativity, and you know the fact that people are making the pilgrimage to. Uh, states where theaters are open. I saw my buddy Scott Mance drove to Vegas. Adnan Verk drove somewhere to New Jersey, three hours. People really? Are, yeah, like a lot
0: of theaters aren't open, or I don't know. Well, I, I know like, that, but I didn't realize people were actually making road trips to get that oh, done. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I was still, till I realized, like, that's a little aggressive with
2: what I have going on right now. I was like, oh, I should just drive to Vegas, go see it, and drive back, spend a day. But that's absurd. So, I I think it's a reminder that event cinema is still something that people crave and want to seek out and movies move the conversation forward. I I haven't heard debates about the themes yet of Tenant and not enough people have seen it to be sitting around having dinner and talking or Zooming with your friends and debating an ending or something like that. But I think it is, uh, it's admirable how much he fought for wanting to have it go out in theaters. And that's not to say he ignored the health pandemic, it did quite the contrary, he honored it and realized, okay, it's not safe to dump this now, we're gonna pull it back, we're gonna we're going to dump it when we know it's a little bit more safe and controlled. And And he didn't let the studio pressure of, oh, we gotta make money on this thing now and put it out in homes in April. and. I applaud him for being there. Well, I, think,
0: I mean, it's it, going to be an interesting it's, question. How here. much does that thing make when it, once it goes out to home video? I mean, it's not a movie that is designed for that.
2: No, but it's a movie that's going to live forever. I mean, your kids are going to watch Tenet in 10 years and how they consume it on what device will be the new business model. So, you know, when you're making art like that, that's going to live in your studio's library for generations, there has to be value to that.
1: Well, it's also going to be interesting, and I, I don't think we're really going to know the answer for a few months, or maybe even longer, till we start seeing like what, like you were saying, event cinema looks like when the pandemic starts, you know, God willing, to shift and things start getting even remotely more normal. Like, was this a good idea? Like, e- even if you admire what Nolan was trying to do, and Nolan is somebody that really cares a lot about the theater experience, you know, and there's a lot of directors like that, Tarantino, Paul Thomas Anderson, but like this is something he cares a lot about, but was it, and it was something that he put a lot of pressure on Warner Brothers to do. Was this
2: though a smart decision? You know, both for the money, but also for the movie itself and the life of the film, and and obviously, so much of the film's identity in the culture and conversation is tied to this narrative of it being delayed and not being in theaters. But um, you know, I'm I, I agree with him, and I'm like, you guys, I love going to. It's harder as you get older and find the time, and but right. I, you know, that's that's my bread and butter, and there's nothing that beats that um, experience for, for me and, and for so many people. So how that looks in a post-COVID world, I don't know. I don't have the answers to. I don't know if I even want to well, see it.
0: Right? Here, honestly, here's a good comment, the, the Nathan Mark, who is a, a guy who's been really cool, followed us for a long time. Um, he lives in New Zealand. He said, "As soon as lockdown was over, life went back to quote old normal, basically, instantly." Now, of course, you New
2: Zealand—you're New Zealand. You just have like a, it's a beautiful country, beautiful people. It is. It, that guys. is. If you've
0: never been to New Zealand, particularly the South Island of New Zealand, is the most spectacularly beautiful place I've ever seen, and I've seen like four places. Um, <laughs> One of which is Van Nuys. So I've really seen three places uh, Really quick. Um, oh, well, let, me, let me do something real no, fast on this. Is, even is that even uh, faster? Uh, Ray, under, Ray
1: underscore LPI apparently hates this conversation, but can't figure out how to leave. <laughs> do you have any advice, Brian? He's apparently trying I mean, he really
0: can't. I mean, well, I mean, you just Drive close your browser. I mean, that'll do it. Close the window? Yeah, yeah, go to
2: Vegas and go. It's watch not, not hard. Yeah, I mean, you
0: were computer literate enough to find the thing. Are you not? How can you not leave?
1: Yeah, I mean, Ray, if you don't like the conversation, leave. But it I mean, this really feels like it's on you. This doesn't feel like it's on us to guide you out of this room. Like hey, Ray, the
2: exit signs hey, are hey, I, there. I, 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 Baseball trivia here from my dad's book. <laughs>
0: <I don't know. laughs> okay, let's do okay. that. We have we only got about you know six in, or seven minutes here. Ray's Avatar. He looks like a grown ass man. I mean, right. this out. Hey, Ray, to, to your, your point trip, though, to hit
2: thirty home runs and steal thirty bases in the same season. Hey, A-Rod? Barry Larkin.
0: All right, Barry Larkin. I'm glad we stopped for that.
1: <laughs> Is Mike <Ray laughs> still hanging around? Mike Floss, um, our man over at Delicious Pizza, as he notes.
0: This is not the Hotel California. You, you can leave anytime oh, whatever you want, as he says. You can leave. Um, yeah, you know, like to, to the point you were making about like the theater experience. And this out the other big movie that came out was uh, Milan. <laughs> Ray says I'm still here. Thank you, Ray. I mean, we're glad to have you. I mean, Ray, you know, it's, give it's, him a new week, you know, Ray. maybe you'll know, maybe the problem is Ben, and yeah. you'll enjoy tomorrow's guest. Uh, yeah, who does uh, that tomorrow? Kelvin Washington. tomorrow Washington, who we all oh, know from Spectrum. No way. Okay. Crushing it on Spectrum. Oh, he's oh, fantastic. He's great he's great all- lineup Thursday is going to be LeJethro yeah. Le- Le- Jenkins from the Dunk Bait podcast. Um, just really – we've had him on the show before. Really funny guy and a huge Laker fan. So that will be after game four, right? Yes. Yep. Okay, so that will be after game four. I lose track. Uh, and Friday we're doing NFL because you guys yeah, – you understand, the NFL starts this week. Jordan Rodriguez from The Athletic is going to join us on Friday. Uh, Lakers win analysis, Vince Marcial, came at the beginning of the show. You can catch the replay for that. We'll also be podcasting these episodes as well. So if you missed the live broadcast, you can catch the replay. Um, Ray will probably still be watching because he hasn't figured out how to leave yet, even though the show will have ended. Um, but you can catch the replay. Ray the Jeff
2: podcast. and Tarzana is, is what it is. Ray is the new Jeff and Tarzana.
0: yeah Um, Yeah, that's pretty good you're talking about going to see going to see um, like films and theater like everybody's talking about Mulan and it's 30 bucks have you ever taken two kids to a movie before like 30 bucks and you watch make some popcorn at home I'm saving $40 you know I mean it's like (laughs) (laughs) Ben just changed his name to Pablo Prigioni. Um, yeah, but it's a good question. What is Jeff and Tarzana doing at a time right now, like in the pandemic? When What was he doing when there was no sports? <laughs> um, I, I feel
2: you on like the, the $30 for Mulan is actually kind of a good deal. When you It is.
0: To- it, I mean, it's expensive to stream a movie at home. If I had like a tiny seven-inch television, maybe I wouldn't do it. But, you know, I mean, the kids, you know, our plan actually is to, Use the outdoor projector, put it on the wall, and the kids sit outside and have a good time. And like thirty dollars for that is really—if you we, have to take more than one kid to the movie theater—is not expensive.
1: We did it movies uh,
0: are incredibly expensive. We did it the day it, day it was
1: theater. released, uh, I've watched it. My wife has watched it at least four times, and at my the at daughter the daughter, 20
2: theaters 20 at the theaters—they have to price the content accordingly. You can't charge me the same amount of money. For-
0: what happened to Ben? He's so mad about it. He left. Huh. Huh. But he's, uh, you know, like I I, that, he, that he fell out. We go, we go to the, uh, the, um, the theater down Baldwin Hills. Cause it's got the, you know, they have the best kids ticket prices in LA. It's like you get in and out of there. Like, and you can actually buy like six or $7, children's tickets and you know so the movie if you go buy snacks and all that stuff doesn't cost 80 bucks but like if you go to a normal theater where they don't have discounted tickets and all that stuff you take two or three kids and buy a bucket of popcorn and stuff like that it's a 75 dollar day remember in high school andy when you used to go to the movies because it was the cheap thing to do you remember that you went because it was cheap there it happened it, would, it wouldn't be a cam brother show with, and with me on it or not, <laughs> you know, really, suddenly the lighting is fantastic
2: i switched from my computer to my phone and i should have been using my phone the
0: whole time look at you look at oh. how good you, you, know, I let's, you. Let's, let's make me. no not that that's oh. not the view i want let's make ben larger sorry about that guys oh. i didn't
2: I mean, a chance to get to my book club. I got the Jackie Chan book here. Okay, fun. let's let's get to the books. Let's get to the books. Jackie Chan never grow up, which is uh, a great read. This guy's lived a fantastic life. Yes, uh, he has. Someone who's lived an inspirational life. Uh, reading this book about Freddie Steinmark, I played a win about the nineteen sixty nine Texas Longhorns uh, defensive back who inspired a generation with his fight against cancer. All right, uh, all right, all right. Fall River Dreams, the story of Chris Heron in high school. Oh World. yeah,
1: I've heard that's great. This is I've a, heard that is great.
2: All timer. Um Ball Don't Lie, Kevin Cottrell, collection of interviews, conversations with different NBA legends like Chris Weber, Isaiah Thomas, and Candace Parker. Is she in there? I, Candace is in here. And then I got some crystal healing books if you guys want me to get into those as well. <laughs> <laughs> Are There's any there.
1: written by your wife?
2: Um, October 20th. Thanks for the plug, Andy. Available now for pre order on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Oh, and wow! I didn't know that. That's awesome. Crystal Healing for Women. It's uh really exciting. Comes out October 20th. You can buy it on pre order
0: right now. Oh, that's cool. cool. Did you? Did, I, did, I gotta say, too, I am really pleased that you did switch to your phone because now it does appear that you are, in fact, paying your electric bill. Like the difference between. Computer and and phone, it's like it's, it's unbelievable.
2: I didn't even get a chance to put on these glasses that when, we, when you're on a screen. All Are day,
0: those your blue, your blue, your blue light things? Block us from the blue light,
2: uh, you know, and make us look like a Kamenitsky on you,
0: What is the danger of blue light?
2: Um, I think inflammation. I think we're just fighting inflammation all day long. All you look- inflammation's coming at us constantly.
1: You look when you put on those glasses, Ben, like you're a Hollywood type that's about to testify before Congress. You want to make sure that they know this is important and you're serious about it, so you're wearing glasses. That's what yes. they always do. That's the
0: go-to move. Have you ever tried this one when you need to make a point? <laughs> the quick removal, and then you use them to point at people. Mm, this, this, and this. Yeah, and this is the uh, oh, no.
2: Shout
1: out, by the way, to uh, Calvin Washington and our guest tomorrow, who I believe is in the chat, and shout yes. out to uh, my good friend Scott Krinsky. Um Folks may recognize him. Um, he was one of the Nerd Herd guys on Chuck, the the sitcom. Uh, very, very funny. Um, he's hanging out here as well. Great show, Chuck.
2: All yeah. All Sweet Tooth team. You ready? Yeah. David Cohn, Ed Mars, Candy Cummings, Peach Pie O'Connor, Mike Heath, Sweet Lou Piniella.
0: <laughs> <laughs> candy. Candy Cummings was a porn star. I think I think we can all agree <laughs> that's what Candy Cummings was. I don't I don't even know who that is. <laughs> I don't either. Other than I'm pretty sure I've seen her naked. Right here, crazy, yeah. Before we go, can we just? this is turning defense into offense. the sound one out. and another one by LeBron. Okay, I just needed to see that one more time.
2: I mean, yesterday everyone was talking about a middle finger block, and he was like, mm, no, one day of the attention not being on me, I think I'd like it back, please.
1: Well, you, know, <laughs> you know what's funny? Actually, I was just talking about uh, my friend Scott Krinsky. Who's, uh, he's in the chat right now. He's, a, he's an actor. You you would recognize him if you've seen him. He's been in what a up? bunch of different stuff, a lot of commercials. He did a. Do you remember years ago that commercial where LeBron plays the attorney and he yeah. throws that basketball behind him and the guy in the neck brace stands up and catches the ball, and that's how LeBron figured out that he's faking it. That's my friend Scott, who actually caught the ball. He said the first time LeBron threw that ball, he basically docked him. He was like, Jesus. Like, like He had to tell him, like, whoa, settle down there. Like You, you don't realize
0: just how fast you throw that ball.
2: Well, by speed of LeBron and acting, we'd be in a universe where Space Jam would have already
0: No, that's so true. I had forgotten about that. But actually, my favorite part about, Andy, your story about Scott is that the first time when he was in that commercial, he called you and was like, I'm doing a commercial with LeBron James. He's good, right? Like He has (laughs) only the vaguest idea of of who LeBron was, and that is always the story I tell when I try to convince people that we, as sports people, totally overrate how much the average person pays attention to sports. There are people wandering around the city of Los Angeles who have no idea who LeBron James is. It's a
2: He made the right basketball play or not. I don't know. Right.
0: Like, they literally don't know who he is. Like, yeah. you know, like we obsess over Alex Caruso and like all this stuff. There are, Alex Caruso could walk down the street like most of the time in LA. People don't even know who he is. And if he went somewhere else, nobody would know where he is. Would
2: probably say to him, Hey, I loved your live stream with that old guy from at the movies the other night. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We,
1: we got to let you go. You, where, where are you playing? Where are you
2: hitting? Uh, playing bright and early. Uh, Danny Farag Hollywood's favorite, plus one. Uh, and uh, E from Entourage, Kevin Connolly at Nice.
0: Look at you, name dropper.
2: Fired up for the Islanders, obviously. All
0: right. Well, thank you for coming back. The next time we lose our jobs and relaunch our show, <laughs> we'll make sure we have you back again. Oh. They're with you guys, um, all right. So tomorrow I- night, Kelvin Washington, uh, Thursday night, LeJethro Jenkins, Friday, Jordan Rodriguez will get you ready for the NFL season. Remember, you can podcast this thing, you can catch the replay uh, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter/slash Periscope because they're owned by the same people. We will see everybody tomorrow. Thanks for reading, Ben.
2: I got an Andres Galaraga question here, I'll we'll get to it off
0: air. All right, <laughs> thank you.